It's really all about freedom. It's always been about freedom, but we are afraid and lack the courage to step into our own definition of freedom. I believe we're meant to live authentically from our heart and our soul, using our intuition to guide us, not our analytical minds. For us, for all of us, I believe we need to live our truth, discover our gifts and unique abilities, and to build a life around that truth, that knowing. This is the journey for all of us, a heroic journey. Join us through this podcast and let's learn, question, discover, challenge, envision, and conspire together to live into our most inspired authentic selves. Welcome everyone to Real Life, Real Freedom. We're going to be talking about having the freedom to be bold. Now, we had a discussion leading up to this episode and freedom to be bold came up. So we'll be touching on that. I got a couple questions and I'll be facilitating the discussion today. But I guess let's let's start with you, Mark. I mean, what does, what does freedom to be bold, what does that mean to you? Well, I would say for me personally, Boldness falls into the category. So I look at bold. Boldness is a very positive thing. And I think it is positive for me in relation to who I am. So when we talk about freedom to be bold, I, I look at it as being something authentically good, authentically real. And reflects more the essence of who I am as a being in this world. Because it's really interesting about voice and sound. There's so much that gets communicated between people beyond just the words. There's the energy that's behind it. That's where I think boldness comes through and comes forward. And I think that for us to live authentically in this world and for us to really live our truth, whatever that is, we have to step boldly forward each and every day to be that. And having that experience is extremely freeing because as beings, if we can be truly who we are meant to be, that's a good chunk of freedom for us. So that's what it means to me. What about you, Corey? What does that mean? You know, when I think about being bold and, in my life and when I've been boldest is when I've grown the most as a person. It's the time where I have learned the most, I've challenged myself the most, and probably at a place where I feel most empowered and confident. Even if at the time when you make a decision to do something that's bold, you're like, oh, I don't know how this is going to go, but I got to go for it. And so ultimately, when you're confident, I think it makes it much easier to be bold. And as I think about my son, like I want him to be bold and confident. I, you know, there's those things you look back and you go, if I had to do high school again, how would I, knowing what I know now, how would I have done things differently? Would I have talked to that girl in high school? junior high school and not waited till after college to start dating her you know what took me so long right 
whatever that was. And so really being bold is, is a freeing process and it frees you from the thoughts that you have in your mind and you just go for it. And I think that action in our daily life, uh, some level of discomfort in our daily life keeps you alive. It keeps you growing. It keeps you learning. It keeps you bold. And I think it also is a place where leadership is seen as well because people want to follow and learn from people that are bold and pushing and learning and growing. So those are the thoughts that transpire around being bold and and in that boldness too when there's difficulty or trouble that are in front of you one maybe from being bold in the past you have the you know tenacity and the strength to continue to be bold and persevere through those times instead of you know wilting right and it allows you to do the right thing easier in that boldness and that that strength that you have. When I think about, you know, freedom to be bold, I have thoughts around, you know, in life, right? Like a big part of life is really figuring out and knowing who you truly are, right? And I'm in the belief that obviously we're all unique. And being bold for me is about just living into that uniqueness, right? And it's kind of hard to do that too when you know, could be because we're so different, you know, a lot of times in society, we want to kind of, you know, we fall in line with kind of societal norms and what we feel like is normal, right? And what everyone else is doing and things like that. But for me, it's about being bold in the sense of being who you truly are, right? And just living into that because there is something that is uncomfortable about that because each of us are different and when you're different, you kind of stand out. And when you stand out, there could be a tension and a spotlight on you, right? And I think that could be an uncomfortable thing if you're not used to it and if you don't own that and live into that. So that's something that I, I really think about. One question I have is when it comes to boldness, there certainly is a level of risk involved, right? That is not comfortable. It does take you out of your comfort zone. Corey, like you'd mentioned, the times that you have been bold, it does require you to grow, grow into who you truly are, right? What are some of the risks that come to mind for you as it relates to being bold, right? Like what comes with boldness as it relates to risk? I mean, ultimately, there's risk everywhere in the world, right? There's risk of doing nothing. There's risk of just staying at home on your couch eating, you know, bonbons and watching Netflix, right? Eventually your Netflix, you're not going to be able to pay for and you're going to run out of bonbons and you're going to be 300 pounds, which, you know, maybe that's your goal. But the risks that I see typically are risks that the most challenging risks are the ones that affect not you, but your family, right? And the people you love the most. So just thinking about some of the civil rights leaders or just leaders in general. Recently, we've seen this in the, in the media where media people are being threatened. But by believing in the free press, right, and being on the news every day or whatever your thing is, or writing that article, 
that, uh, I mean, you go back to, the, we were talking about this before, about, uh, I think it's the Boston Globe that wrote the spotlight that brought in the, the Catholic priests that were abusing children. The types of things that come from that, the pressure, the pressure of your advertisers, you know, if your Boston Globe, we don't want you running that. You know, I'm, I'm a big business and we believe in the church and I'm Catholic. I don't want you running that thing. Now, I don't know if that happened, but there's all those different things. There's death threats that come with that. I could do that and it's okay, okay, they're going to come after me, but you're at home with your wife and your two kids, right? Like that's a whole nother piece, but sticking to what's important, right? Sticking to that place is super duper important and there's great risk with that, but that's the place where it's probably the hardest, the risk for, for what is right, to pursue what is right and pursue who you are and what you believe in, even in light of the risk that's there. And that doesn't mean go out and be a knucklehead and take unnecessary risk and you need to be smart, but those are the greatest risk. On the other hand, you know, you go out and you sign up for a race and you don't know you can, can even finish the race. You're going to do your first half marathon or your first 5k, you know, okay, you fail, you're, you know, that's a, probably an emotional, you tell your friends, you tell your family, I'm running my first 5k and you know, you drop out after two miles, right? I mean, that is a risk. It's different, but nonetheless, you stepping in, being bold and say, I'm going for it. And you tell everyone that you're going to do it, pushes you and motivates you to do it. And you know what? If you fail, you fail. But the reality is most people are like, dude, I'm so proud of you even trying to run that 5k. That's awesome. And that's where people get excited for you is that you're taking the risk and that you're pushing yourself and they'll support you in that. So what about you, Mark? What are some risks that you think about with being bold? Yeah, risk is an interesting word here because I think there is a lot of confusion for each of us, like what really is risky. I'm going to share a quote, one of my favorite quotes from Marianne Williamson. She says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. This is the first part of the quote. I'll continue the quote and then come back to this first part. It's our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. You're playing small doesn't serve the world. So let's unpack that a little bit in relation to boldness. Whatever is holding us back is really the real question around why we're not bold. Because if it's pretty much in our nature to be authentic in who we are, whatever we feel, we're going to put out there. And we're not going to be bashful about it. That's what boldness is. We speak our truth. So when we don't, why is that? And so when I think about boldness, and I think about it being a great attribute for us humans to be employing in everyday life, to move mountains, to sell ideas, to motivate people, to motivate ourselves. Let's ask ourselves what's holding us back. And I think this thing of fear is one of them. So when you talk about risk, I think what you're really talking about is fear. Because risk on some level is somewhat illusionary. 
we think that there is a risk that this or that will happen. And sometimes when we really unpack it and go very deeply, we realize that our fears for this particular boldness and the risk that goes with it maybe isn't really true. It, maybe it really isn't quite as risky as we think. So this is what I'm most fascinated with. And I think when we talk about boldness, let's talk about why we're not. And let's kind of try to self-discover what's holding us back from being so. And I really believe in this particular statement that it is true for whatever reason, how we're raised, the environment, our experience, life experience in our early age has probably fed into our fear about something that we do fear is going to happen to us if we're bold in this particular situation here or there, whatever it is. And the other side of it is, is how we're not helping people in ways that we can be if we're really being bold, particularly if we're coming from a, our highest self and a place of service and a place of really having everyone's best interests at heart. So I think we can build an entire conversation around that, you know, all the things that are kind of holding us back. Yeah, I mean... Uh... I want to touch on that, right? Because when, when I think of risks that could prevent someone, including myself, from being bold, it's the risk of criticism, judgment, right? That being bold is about taking action, making a decision and taking action on that. And the risk is you might do something and it's not what you wanted, right? It could be the wrong decision, right? The wrong action. And so... You know, I see that as something that we could talk about, as well as, you know, I think when it comes to boldness and a lot of this, the topic of boldness came up because of what we're experiencing as a country and some of the social unrest and some of the things that need to change. But when it comes to being bold, I think it's being bold is about challenging the status quo, status quo in, in our lives and as well as kind of how things currently are. So that way we could continue to grow and progress and when you do that, you risk making people uncomfortable because of the change, because they are comfortable with the way things are, right? And so I know, I mean, I think that's something that definitely resonates and that I think about. You know, I don't know if, if either of you have anything else that you want to touch on, but I mean, that's something that really comes to mind for me is just judgment, criticism. And that can prevent someone from being bold because they don't they don't want to be criticized. They don't want to be judged, right? And what do those feelings come from, though? Yeah, like well, what's wrong with being criticized? What is that doing you? And why does why does one shrink back from criticism? Yeah, it's true. I think you know. I, I think the more that you're criticized and you're able to kind of process that criticism in a healthy way, I think you're better for it. For more criticism, right? I mean, back to like building up that thick skin, you get that one layer. And so you could take that. But then uh, I think a lot of it is we, from the get-go, most people don't want to be criticized and judged. And so, you know, we don't know how to process that in a healthy way, right? And so we just never do anything that would risk us and jeopardize us being criticized and judged. Right. And part of that is like the four agreements. Don't take anything personally. That is super powerful. 
if you don't take anything personally, why would you in any way shrink from criticism or judgment? You do it because you're taking it personally. If everyone's just being very objective about it, there's really no emotional tie to it. That's pretty interesting. Corey, you got any additional thoughts? Well, I think something Mark said resonated with me in the sense that I don't know what the percentage is, but 95% of what we fear never happens. Like it just, it doesn't, you know, we were going surfing Cole and I, and he's like, we're up in Carlsbad by the desalinization plant. And he's like, he didn't know what desalinization was. Anyways, the conversation was like, well, I was talking about desalinization. He's like, well, does that mean there's, they take the sharks out of the water, dad? I'm like, no, they take the salt out of the water. He's like, oh, so there won't be sharks there. Right. And like, he's, he's not messing around me. He's scared of sharks right now. That's not something that is rational or something I put into his head, but the statistically, the number of shark attacks there are in the world statistically doesn't even happen. Right. I mean, it does, but for the number of people that go in the water on a daily basis and how few shark attacks there are, especially fatal shark attacks, it doesn't even happen. So we allow that fear or that perceived risk to limit us, right? And part of this is about us being limitless. That's where freedom comes. And when you remove those limits and remove those fears, and most of them are just perceived, right? But they start creating real limitations, and those real limitations can limit your life and what you can achieve. So the one quote that also comes to me with Mark's quote, which I really appreciated, is the Teddy Roosevelt speech about the man in the arena, right? And I'll read a bit of it, but he says, and you know, which the words that we're using right now is, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how a strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust, sweat, and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again. But there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasm, the great devotion, who spends himself in a worthy clause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. I love that. Dare freaking greatly and fall on your face, right? Now, I've told you guys that story I was running with, you know, when we talked a little about this in preparation for this thing too, was about this idea of perfection, right? So, I want to be perfect. I want to do this and that. And my son at a young age really had this. And he probably still to some degree does. I think everyone has a bit of perfection in them. He got frustrated and was sad at some level that he wasn't perfect. Because, you know, he's got parents do this to their kids. And, you know, he may have had his own piece. But I was running a race. And I came back specifically because I know he was struggling with perfection. And I told him, you know, hey, I just want you to, you know, like, I failed the race. I, I didn't finish the race. And he's like, well, dad, how far did you go? And like, what happened? And I'm like, well, I, I ran 68 miles, Cole. And I couldn't see and there's stuff going on. Just, I just, I couldn't finish the race. And he goes, dad, you did great, dad. Like most people can't even run five miles. 
and he just he comforted me, which was super duper sweet, right? But he saw me fail, but he was inspired by me nonetheless, right? And that goes back to this Roosevelt quote, which is like, yeah, it's it's a person who fails over and over again, but keeps on going that knows, you know, failure and also knows great achievement, but they're doing it and they're daring greatly every day. And that's something that I try to do and I don't do as much as I'd like to, but it makes me think about it is, you know, making sure that I take a risk every day. And I don't know what those are, but there's all little things that we don't do on a daily basis that we could just put that one risk into our life that would bring us greater freedom every day and build upon that and build upon that day after day. Gentlemen, one one of the things that I wanted to touch on today is maybe sharing a, I don't know if it's an event or something in your life where you felt like you were bold, right? And what kind of that process was like? Because again, I, I think being bold isn't an easy process. But through that, you were bold and what came out of that, right? Back to the growth or, you know, what you learned about yourself and, or what you learned about life in general. Like, so, Mark, maybe you share an event or a time in your life where you felt like you're bold. Yeah. Well, there have been several times that I can speak to. And that's because there have been hundreds of times. So those times are very crystal clear. But the hundreds of times, and I'm probably even falling short of the actual number, but for all the years I've lived on Earth, the times where I haven't been bold and I've wanted to be bold far exceed the times that I have. And those are painful times. But I had an event, I had a situation. And here's the interesting thing is that there was a chemical process that occurred in my body, and it was not drug-related, by the way, that caused me to step outside of my comfort zone and to be bold in a way that I'd never been bold before. So here's what the circumstances. Now, you guys know a little bit about my path health-wise. And in my early 40s, when my dad initially, and my stepmother at the time, Marsha, had referred me to this Chinese medical practitioner in Sedona. Okay. And in the course of my treatment under him, he had discovered something and wanted to give me these herbs. And he said, these herbs, I just want to let you know, get you a little rocky emotionally. Okay. So just, you know, be aware of it. Okay, cool. No problem. And what he did say was that generally people can react positively or they can react negatively. In my case, it was positive. There are two things that happened. And this is the one that was so cool. So Josh was, I think he was going into his junior year at App State in North Carolina. And he was playing D1 soccer. So he had a real challenge getting all of his required credited hours in to graduate in four years. In fact, he couldn't do it in four years because the commitment as an athlete, you just don't have the time to take all your classes. So he's going to his, and he knew he was going to be behind the eight ball anyhow. So we went to Hawaii for a vacation while they had to do their scheduling for their upcoming semester in his junior year. And somehow, whatever would happen from him doing it online from Hawaii to North Carolina 
got completely screwed up. We got back home and he went down to school. He had no classes, none. So he goes to his counselor and says, hey, I put in for all these classes, I didn't get a single one. And he goes, you know, this is a guy who put me a whole semester behind schedule. And he just, you know, said, you know what? Gosh, I'm looking at these classes. I can't get you in. I can't get you in. I don't know what to do. There's nothing I could do. So he calls me like in a panic. And I would have consoled. I would have just tried to kind of help him through it. Instead, I just like, I don't know. I just snapped back and I thought, well, that's not going to work. That's not acceptable. I said, who's above your counselor? And so he gave me a name of somebody and I said, did you talk to him? He goes, well, you know, I don't, you know what? Let me see what I could do. Crazy. Over the course of like four hours, I went up the chain of command at Appalachian State up to the chancellor of the school. At seven o'clock in the evening, I called the chancellor of the school, got through to him and told him how he needs to fix this problem. And he fixed the problem. And I, I, you know, I wasn't angry. I just emotionally just stepped into a place of boldness and power. And, you know, I was calm. I was courteous. I was respectful. I understood the situation. So it wasn't blaming anybody. And to this day, it was like an almost like an out of body experience when I look back at it. It was amazing. And it, for the first time, I really discovered what is truly possible within me that I never thought was possible. Yeah, that was really cool. That's my number one bold story. What about you, Corey? Your number one bold story. I don't know. Yeah, thinking as listening to Mark and thinking about my bold stories, I feel like I have a lot. On the other hand, I feel like I lived relatively bold life. And there's, you know, in some senses, like trivial things. Like I was 22 and I was ticked off that my landlord was kicking me out so I could make a place of summer rental and Mission Beach. So I got so mad, I just went and bought a condo in La Jolla. You know, like that was bold. I'm 22 years old. I'm mad. I still, you know, went and looked. I didn't just buy the first one I had and I had to get resources to to buy. And I don't know what I was stepping into. But then like those are those decisions to buy a home and make that move, right? Are can be those decisions to invest, those decisions to that are uncomfortable and the unknown really are big. And another huge decision in my life, which changed my entire life, was coming to school in California. I grew up in the East Coast, right side of Washington, D.C., in Fairfax County. And I came to San Diego. I didn't know a soul, right? And, you know, there's lots of people that that's you know, how their, their life is. Right. I lived in the same home for 17 years. Right. Now my family came out to California regularly, but California is a pretty big state and we were more LA and central coast than San Diego. I came down here, I think once in my life when I was a little kid. So it wasn't like I knew San Diego, but for me, I saw a lot of my very good friends are older than me, upperclassmen when I was in high school and they went to college and they were 
roommates together and and some of them that were older like they come back and they were roommates after college together which is great i mean having lifelong friends like that and go through college together and after college together like nothing wrong with that right but for me i was like world is so small and i've been i'm so big and i've been in this one place my whole life and as much as i love it like i want to go see different parts and and expand myself and that's true <laughs> on a note like that too my mom told me i forgot that i did this in college i called her well, i got mom look i figured it out i want to study in spain i figured out all the finances for what you guys pay for me to go to university of san diego the plane flights my stay there my room and board and my travel in europe along with my actual education in europe and for that matter the summer before in mexico will actually be cheaper for you guys than me going to University of San Diego as just the fall semester of 1994. And, you know, she said I made a very compelling argument. Now, mind you, my mom and dad both studied abroad in Salzburg, Austria. So it wasn't something that they didn't have a wonderful experience with. So it probably wasn't too hard of a pitch, but I made it a lot easier for them. But I was bold. I did my homework. I made a compelling argument to someone who I knew would at least listen. And so that experience in Spain, that experience in Mexico for the summer totally changed my life and the person that I am, but I was proactive in it and I went for it. And so I think that's where it is. I mean, even like in our industry, like I, I was talking to a buddy of mine who was a colleague and I said, what are you doing? He's like, well, I'm going to class at San Diego State. I'm like, what, what are you doing? He's like, well, I'm working on my master's degree. I'm like, okay, tell me about that. He's like, and, and the firm is paying for it. I'm like, well, tell me about that too, you know? And like that day, I'm like, I'm doing this program, right? So I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know how I was going to fit it in or anything like that. But, you know, I did. So, you know, those don't seem particularly bold. Actually, I got one more for you guys. I don't remember the story. I remember how I felt at the time. And I was in, grew outside of D.C. And we did a field trip into D.C., and I don't remember where we were exactly going on the field trip, but my class was at the top of the Washington Monument, okay? And there was, it wasn't just our class there, there's other people in the Washington Monument. If you've been in the Washington Monument, you know, there's basically these windows that are just about this big, and there's two of them on each side of the four sides of the obelisk. And we're looking down and, you know, one way you're looking at the Capitol, one way you're looking at the White House, one way you're looking at, I don't know, 14th Street Bridge, maybe, uh, the Jefferson Memorial, and the other way you're looking at the Lincoln or the White House, if I haven't already said that. So, and with that, as you look towards the Lincoln Memorial, you can see the Vietnam Memorial, okay? And just recently, 1988, 1989, they had put in a new memorial, Vietnam Memorial, that did, I think two or three African-American soldiers in Vietnam. And there was this, what I presume to be this white Vietnam vet who very vocally used the N-word about that statue and how it shouldn't be there and how blah, 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 blah. And I'm sitting there like, there's a couple eighth graders right there with me that are African-American and... <laughs> I'm 13, you know, and I just turn around and look at the guy. I don't know. I don't remember what I said, but I made it very clear to him that it was absolutely inappropriate for him to be talking that way. 
especially with a company that he was with, it was kids around, let alone African-American kids or, or anything. And it was just completely unacceptable. And he needed to, I don't know, I didn't tell him to shut up or anything. I, I, I don't know. But I just remembered like that I felt very good that I said it. I know by my classmates, it was perceived very well. And for him, he stopped and he went away. And that was not a place that I had any freaking power over any other student in that place. The teacher maybe should have said something. Maybe the teacher wasn't around. Teacher wasn't close by. The teacher didn't hear it. But it's something that I remember how it was just a wrong. It was a wrong on so many different levels that I remember this day of being that that boldness of me doing that. But at the time, it, I, I guess it was bold, but it was just right. You know, and I, who was I to tell him that? But someone needed to. Otherwise, you know, he, he was going to cower all of us. Yeah, well, one of the things that you bring up, right, is a lot of times when it comes to being bold, it's about standing up for what you feel like is right or doing what you feel is right. So, yeah, I mean, and not just that, but we have the opportunity to be bold in everyday life in little moments like that that you might not think are significant but in the grand scheme of things when you really take a step back i mean at that moment Corey, that was very significant what you did it took a lot of courage right it was bold you did what was right and you felt empowered by that right or you felt like that sense of i was proud of myself yeah you, you felt know, good you felt goal, good yeah i was yeah you know, as you guys are talking, and, and you guys know this story for me, but I mean, when I reflect back and I think of one of the life decisions that I made that was probably the boldest has to do with my wife, Melanie, right? And so you guys know this, but for our audience, Mel, she was basically my best friend growing up, known her ever since elementary school, right? And this was during what, maybe third year college? I just finished up and I was out of a failed relationship at the time, right? I had a girlfriend in high school and that carried on into like the beginning part of college and we ended up breaking up, right? And it was through that that I ended up reconnecting with some of my really close friends who were, who were females. And with Mel being my best friend throughout middle school and high school, obviously she was one of them. But it was through that and us rekindling our friendship, I got to a place where even before that, I always thought very highly of her and that she had a lot of qualities that I would want in a girlfriend, potentially future wife. But I remember, right, I was, I was in this moment where I felt like I needed to tell her how I felt about her, right? But as you can imagine, with the history that we have as being friends, I mean, that took a ton of courage. And I, I debated back and forth, should I do it? Should I not do it? What are the risks involved, right? If I do tell her how I feel about her and not that, you know, not that I was necessarily falling in love, but that I viewed her as a very special person in my life. And I wanted to know whether or not there was an opportunity for us to potentially explore that, right? And by doing that, 
I knew the risk that I was taking is that she did not feel the same way about me, right? And that by me expressing my feelings towards her, that could have just messed up our friendship, which I valued so much, right? But deep inside, I knew that I could make her happy, right? And that she had the qualities that I was looking for to help me become, continue to grow and become the man that I was wanting to be, right? And so I, I remember I was sitting there, I was nervous. This was over the phone, and my, you know, my palms were sweaty. And I was like, you know what? If I'm not gonna tell her back to the risk, then then the risk that I'm taking too is I'll just never know like what could have happened, right? And just weighing out the two, I wanted to live into that because I there's just a part of me that felt like it felt right for me to tell her. And I remember I went when I told her, and you know, I didn't tell her that I loved her. I was I fell in love with her, right? Or or I was falling in love with her or anything like that. I I just I said, hey, what if I told you that I've always had this thing for you? I don't know what it was. I couldn't describe it, right? But I just had this this thing for you. And I remember telling her, and when I told her, she was kind of quiet about it, but she didn't necessarily kind of shoot me down or anything, right? And so I knew in that moment that there's a chance for us maybe getting together. but. Reflecting back on that, one, we're married now. We've been married for 10 years. We have three boys together, Avery, Landon, and, and Oliver, right? And, you know, back to like us talking about just our discussion leading up to this episode and the topic of being bold and how a lot of times when we do step into that, there's so much positive things that come out of those decisions, right? And I mean, that is definitely the boldest decision that I have ever made in my life. And I'm glad I did it because if if I didn't do it, one, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And I'm thankful and I'm grateful for where I'm at in my life today, where I am as a man, as a father, right? And we wouldn't have these three boys together, right? And so I think about that. And, you know, one of the things that really comes to mind for me is as it relates to life, is that a lot of times when it comes to boldness, boldness can come from coming from a place where there might have been a failure or something negative, right? In your case, Corey, right? Somebody saying, making a comment that you just knew wasn't right. For me, it was, hey, I came from this failed long-term relationship, but I knew that, you know, I still wanted to find that person in my life, right, that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. And it made me, you know, some of the internal thoughts that I had was, man, if if I don't do this, then what? What do I have to lose? I have everything to gain if this, if it does work out. And so those are some of the things that I definitely think about. And, you know, one, I think with this topic of boldness, it's just a matter of encouraging those that are listening to be bold and and what does that really look like in your life in your life right now and not just that but reflecting back on your life because there have been moments where you have been bold you just haven't given yourself enough credit for doing that 
right? And seeing kind of the positive things that have come out of that, you know, to continue to grow and be the person that you're meant to be, right? So. Yeah, exactly. I think the other interesting thing about boldness, I think everybody is like this. There are things we do, and Corey, you alluded to this, that are really bold, but they are easy for us. We just do them, okay? And so it isn't so much conquering a timidity or something like that. It's interesting when you ask the question, the thing that I thought of was something where I, I was in a situation that normally I am not bold in. And I think for all of us, we know what those situations are. We know when we need to be bold and we're not bold and whatever's holding us back. This is where we need to grow. So yeah, I'd encourage everybody to give yourself the credit for where you're bold. That's cool. But you need the growth, identifying the specifics of where you know you want to be bold and you haven't been bold. And to find yourself the courage to just step out and do it, regardless of the risks and all the fears. Because it's the only way that we grow. And it's kind of understanding where that comes from. I mean, we all have our, our ways of kind of hacking some of these things that keep us from really being who we are and sharing what we want. My issue has always been that I'm timid with authority figures and I'm timid in certain group situations where I have things to say and I just don't step up. So that's why this one story was so significant for me. And it just opened up. I changed from that moment in terms of authority figures, much different with authority figures now. So my final thoughts in that regard. Corey, do you have any final thoughts? I think about some of my best friends in the world and people that I look up to. And my best friend is, is Ryan. And Ryan, you never know what you're going to get with Ryan. And I've told you guys a story. One day he went to buy a chicken coop, came home with a bus. And one day he went to buy a Honda for his dad and came back with a limo. And I could just go on and on and on, right? But he has a ridiculous spontaneity. He went out to buy a sailboat and came back with a wakeboard boat. You know, like, I mean, like, you know, it's like, that's Ryan. But I can think of my buddy Paul or I can think about friends. I can think about the two of you and things that I see in you that I wish I could emulate more, right? That I could take that piece of you and bring it into me and be a part of my soul and my makeup. And so when I think about my best friends and the people I surround myself with, each person has a trait, if not multiple traits, that I find super attractive. And like, I want to learn more about how he or she does that. You know, it's not like necessarily a conscientious thought, but I know it's true with almost everyone. And so I don't know how it fits necessarily into the old conversation, but being in touch with those things that you feel like you don't necessarily have and the people that you surround yourself and the things that you like about them and you appreciate about them and bringing some of those things into your life. You're like, hey, I like it how every time I do this, this person sends me a card. Like, I really love they send me a card. Well, I love they send me a card, so why am I not doing that for other people? I know that person does just do it for me. That's just part of their thing, you know? 
that's not necessarily bold or whatever, but why don't I incorporate that into my, my life? And so certain strengths and spontaneities and different things that people bring. And so I think that's, again, taking those risks that I was talking about, taking a risk on a daily basis, right? Finding someone who you interacted with today and you find something that you loved about what they brought you today and they bring you probably every day because that's just who they are and saying, I know that's that one thing that I love about them. How do I do that with Mark? And this isn't the only thing, but Mark is always said things happen for us. Right. And when I have a moment or a day that's not, you know, exactly how I was hoping it was going to go, how does this serve me? How is this helping me? And I don't know if that's necessarily bold, but that's a risk of me changing my perception to what's transpiring in my life and looking at it a different way. So it actually does serve me. And there is growth and learning in that. And I think with that growth and learning, there's boldness and you can be a better leader and you attract more people to you. And I think ultimately because Ryan's the way that he is and Paul's the way he is and you guys the way you are, that's why you're in my life because I learn from you. And the more bold you are, the more people will follow you as well because they see you as a leader. And I think just on a side note, maybe something we get into another time, but I think as a leader, there's a masculine energy to that, right? Like, you know, like Aries, you put it on the line with Mel, right? And if you had been too timid to do that, or maybe in her back of her mind, she's like, gosh, why doesn't this guy brought this up so long ago? Like, good Lord, why did it take him five years or 10 years, right? I don't know if you guys ever had that conversation. We Well, let's talk about that sometime. But you being the one who is the leader and the first to act and the first to go, you attract people that way. You attract that people by being bold and following energy and passions and the things that are right and bring perspective to people that maybe wouldn't otherwise do that. Oops, forgot to turn off the phone. The end. No, I, I love that. Yeah, I think. There's so much. I mean, that's that's why we're social beings. We learn so much from each other, right? And I guess to the audience, I would just encourage each and every single one of you to be bold in your own way. And that's going to look very different, right? Again, just live into your uniqueness. You are different. We all have a, a light to shine into this world you know, back to your, the quote that you referenced, Mark, but we all shine differently and just own it, own it, you know, do what's right, what's right for you. And that it might be something totally different for somebody else. Right. But as long as you do that, when I feel like you'll end up living a life that you won't have too many regrets and you'll, if anything, you'll just become the person who you're truly made to be. And that is a lifelong process, right? And so, yeah, I think we had a, a really good discussion about it. So appreciate you guys and your, your guys' thoughts and input. You know, like Corey mentioned, I learned, I've learned so much from you guys. So, Cool. So be bold. You're playing small doesn't serve the world. No, it doesn't. Aries, this was a great conversation on being bold. I really do appreciate that. And I'm going to close really with this one inspirational piece one more time, which is simply this to our listening audience, be bold. 
You're playing small does not serve the world. And with that, gentlemen, it's been a great conversation. Look forward to the next one. Yes, me too. Till next time.